Welcome back to the Oscar Project Podcast, the show where I discuss Oscar-nominated films year by year. I am your host, Jonathan Eacherberg, and today I'm bringing you an artist interview with Andrew DeGraff, creator of the book Cinemaps, an atlas of 35 great movies. Before I jump into the interview, please subscribe to the show in your podcast player so you can get all the newest episodes as soon as they're released. If you like the interview and want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Andrew DeGraff is a freelance illustrator and artist living and working in Maine. He graduated from Pratt Institute's Communication Design Program and returned there to teach there from 2009 to 2014. His gallery work has been shown in cities around the world, including New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Calgary, Mexico City, and the Philippines. He published his book, Plotted, a Literary Atlas, in 2015, and he joins me today to talk about his book, Cinemaps, an Atlas of 35 Great Movies. Andrew, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. So let's start off with what exactly a cinemap is. How would you describe the images in the book to someone who's never seen it before? Yeah, uh, so uh, sort of the closest analog that I give people is is sort of like a New York City subway map, which was kind of a visual inspiration point that it's almost a diagram of the movie. If you walked in from across the room, it would look nearly like an abstract painting um, with a sort mm -hmm. of isometric feel, meaning a sort of fixed grid that you would be familiar with from like video games like SimCity or Zaxxon. As you move closer, you would realize that all of that information was actually drawing and that those drawings were part of a film probably that you've seen many, many times. And then there are kind of, so it basically charts every major scene in the movie, hopefully every scene. And then the characters move through the map um, diagram as, as kind of colored arrows. So there's no figures in the movies whatsoever. It's, it's really about the locations and kind of like, the, the journey of all these like intersecting plot lines. Um, so the other analog that I give is like those old family circle cartoons of following Billy uh, this morning right, through his right, house. Right. So there's lots of little Easter eggs and points that you can find um, through them, but it's, it's pretty much a snapshot of the, of an entire film. Um, That's great. And, and you mentioned that it's, you know, a lot of movies that, that people have probably seen a lot. I feel like you and I grew up on some of the same movies because a lot of my favorite movies are in this book. Now, what yeah. drew you to make the maps of some of those biggest blockbusters of franchises from the 70s and 80s? You know, it was interesting. It was, I think, really growing up. I, th I think we grew up a time at, at a time where we were the dawn of like the VCR generation. Um, so, like when you could go rent movies, that was incredible. And then when you could buy them and bring them home and watch them, like I yeah. used to watch Goonies every day before basketball practice with my friend Tommy Thompson. <laughs> every single day we watched Goonies because he had Goonies. And you, or you watched Indiana Jones or Star Wars, and, and it was it was just sort of um, they were really excellent films, and I you just sort of grew up during this dawn of the blockbuster era, the Spielbergs and you know and Zemeckis film. I, I mean that were they were just they were really incredible sweeping films that really took all the lessons of cinema and put them into a very palatable experience um and so For they sure. they they are hardwired um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and let, let alone all the all the toys and you know how the millennium right. falcon yeah i mean it was it was a very you know we our our young experience was very catered to by <laughs> yes by yes, the culture sure machine was. it sure was <laughs> Um, and obviously you said in the book, I think in the introduction, you decided to focus on that kind of 70s, 80s and, and early 90s era of films. 
but you also wanted to include some recent films, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mad Max Fury Road, and obviously some classics as well, like King Kong and Metropolis. Was there any one period of film that was more difficult than the rest, or does it really depend on the individual film making the maps? It's it depends a lot on the original film. I, I did I did start with those seventies, eighties kind of classic summer blockbusters. Then we really wanted to create sort of a narrative of film, going back to the you know to Wizard of Oz and stuff that kind of was very formative for what would come later. But you definitely notice that there is more work done in later films not to lose the viewer. I think there was something in, in earlier films where it's, it, it's, it feels more like theater. Lights, lights go down and lights come up, different scene, and you can just have these jumps. And those jumps would be more done with you know, a, a transition, like people talking on airplanes rather than right. just the shot before the airport and after the airport, you know, that are CGI or, or you know, they're, they're or, like orchestrated to work in this in, this in-between scene to carry you through. So you also have like, but in modern films, then you also get the advent of lots of montages where a lot of plot happens over a two minute sequence that you kind of have to figure right. out, is this real time is, you know, um, that, that can be kind of tricky. Um, so each, each, each sort of one has its own sure issues (laughs) no i'm sure it was a daunting task figuring out what exactly what films to include in the book when you're making those selections but were there any that you really hoped to get into this edition that didn't quite make the cut oh yeah yeah the wish list was long i think we started um with a list of 50 or 60 um there's some that I, i i i'm hoping to cover um like the conversation was one that I really wanted to add in that was a smaller film, but mm-hmm. those of us who know it and love it, it's amazing. There's some kind of really important like lo- a location stuff in that. So the movie that, that Coppola made, like made the Godfather so he could make the conversation. Um, and, uh, or The Third Man, which would be a wonderful movie to do in post-war Vienna, you know, but again, it's like a little smaller, so we kind of had to focus some more on like directors that we felt were really sort of a little more in the, in the sort of uh, timeline that we were trying to create. So, but sure. there's a lot of chicken left on that bone. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's such a variety of settings for the films in the book. Uh, obviously you have some that span entire galaxies, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, where others are focused on a single location, like the shining, for example, what were some of the challenges in the, those various settings and how did that drive your creativity in setting up those individual maps? Yeah. Like each, each one does really come with its own challenges. Like initially I was focusing on ones that were a little more expansive epics and you can take a little bit of a broader view. So you can have sort of the major locations of say like a planet like Hoth mm-hmm. and say like, well, everything's going to happen there. But a lot of those are kind of like outdoor scenes when you move into especially more indoor focus things like the breakfast club was actually really tricky because it's, it's like a prison film that happens over a Saturday detention. And it's, it's like the inside of a teenager's head where it's just synapses firing and moving around. And, and and again, like time is very plastic in that film. Um, So again, like a lot of the ones that are kind of more dense or even Terminator two that takes mostly takes place in like a dense urban uh, environment can be, tricky um but they're fun i mean the like the challenges are also engaging because sure. they they give you problems that you have to design around um and 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 the approach kind of varies tailored to the film um so each you, uh, each one gets its own kind of little special treatment by necessity 
Now, you said in the introduction uh, that you have many more maps like the ones in the book. Are there any plans for a Cinemaps 2 at this point? Loosely, yeah. So I I kind of, um, with the first book, I had completed about um, 18 or 20 before. I, I always kind of had the idea of putting them into a book eventually. Um, but I they take, you know, generally like 160 to 200 to 1,000 hours for some of the big ones. So I wanted to have a lot sort of built up so that when I went to go take the, say, year to, to create the rest of the work of the book. Um, so for this one, I meant about 15. Um, I wanted to have a, enough to work towards uh, a sequel. So I'm kind of like building back up to doing that. I've finished a There, a there Will Be Blood map um, and Point Break. Um, and I'm uh, working on a map of seven now, covering some other like directors I didn't cover in the first book. Um, so trying to build up a couple more to, to work towards a, a second collection. Um, Excellent. Well, yeah. I, I look forward to seeing that at some point in the future, hopefully. Um, and you mentioned, I think, in the acknowledgments that you had a bunch of resources that you had you know, looked at, different websites and things. Any specific sites or, or locations people should check out if they want to kind of explore more into this world of, of what you found as you were making the maps? You know, I I actually kind of, I, um, in preparing for this, I kind of looked through for some of the old um, location sites that I've used a lot um, and some of them have disappeared oh, <laughs> in no. the making of the film. Yeah. I mean, which, which happens or they've been yeah. swallowed up or they've, or they've turned into something else. Um, I do think my go-to for just anything with mapping, just as a image maker and a person who's interested in information uh, design is the um, David Rumsey map database, um, which is just an incredible resource of maps collective and they're high res and you can really look at them and it's just like an endless idea factory for the way you take information data sure. and turn it into some really beautiful pictures um, and that's always just that's just a constant thing and they have thousands of, of just things that you have never seen before and are just astounding pieces of work excellent be sure to include a link to that um, in, in the show notes now I have a couple of questions, not specifically related to the book, but before I move on, is there anything else you wanted to touch on about the book? Uh, no, I, you know, it's, it's, it's always hard to describe. And I think it's really, you know, like people having a chance to see it, see them up close and see how they work to kind of go through the experience of <laughs> seeing the translation of the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just encourage people to check them out. Really. Very good. Uh, now, this might be the hardest question I ask. You've obviously watched a lot of films in your life and in making of this book. But if you had to pick your top three films, what do you think they would be? From the from the book, I definitely noticed um, there were a couple of films that I thought were near perfect that I definitely, after mapping them, watching them without sound, watching them with just the sound, you know, because you just you watch it 20, 30, 40, 50 times. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the most perfect film list that I think came out of the book was probably Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which is just incredible, uh, Fargo, um, and uh, The Shining. All, all three of which I think like really hit a sort of there, I just don't find flaws. And fl little flaws, little transitions, little, you know, generally they're pretty good movies, but there's little missteps. Um, yeah, really just seamless. Excellent. Excellent. Now, if you could invite any three movie characters to your next dinner party, who would they be and why would you invite them? Uh, let's see. 
Um, I would probably go, I'd love to talk to Doc Brown from Back to the Future. That's a good one. Very engaging character. I love a mad scientist. Um, <laughs> I feel like we'd have lots to talk about. Um, uh, Marge, Marge Gunderson, okay. I'd say from Fargo, one of my favorite all-time characters. Uh, a good a good glue in the mix. And uh, maybe like Furiosa from Fury Road. I, I feel like she has a lot more to say. I'm, I'm curious to hear some insights. And I feel like the... In between the three of those, you would have a pretty interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we definitely have to record that conversation. There'd be some interesting stuff going on there. Oh, so furiosa. You... <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do you have any books that you could recommend that you've read recently? Nonfiction, fiction, don't necessarily have to be about movies. Yeah, I, um, you know, what, something I've done recently that I really enjoyed, that was kind of tangential to film. Um, uh, it was um, Alex Ross's The Rest is Noise, which is a um, nonfiction book that basically starts from um, basically 20th century music, um, classical music, and, and a lot of stuff that I did not know. But again, you get a lot of like like Prokofiev and his influence on like modern film scoring and, and a lot of like composers that because again, like you watch the movies again and, and, the, and the music becomes really a, it's, its own character. Yeah. Um, and I found that really fascinating. Um, the other kind of two other things that I keep coming back to again and again that just inspire me as like ways to um, do interesting s- storytelling. Um, Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man is something I read every couple of years and just reminds me how to be creative um, more than anything else. Like the how much an audience will come along with you and you can entertain and inform and, and just, I don't know, explain the world in an entirely new way. Um, and that just, that book I just find uh, very inspiring. And I, the other thing I go to a lot, and again, this is tangential to sort of film and storytelling, but um, I do listen to a lot while I'm actually doing the maps as I go through and listen to the, um, Ian Banks' science fiction novels, uh, the Culture series, uh, which is another one that I feel like is endlessly creative. It's like Mobius comics, but you know, just in literary form, and they're and they're just really astounding books. So I, I, I do listen to like some some biographies of of, uh, of filmmakers, running stuff, and, and and those are kind of hit or miss. But again, I, I kind of keep going back to having stories a lot of times it's looking for stuff that keeps me company while i'm working sure um because because the hour in, uh investment is huge I, I do the dark tower once every three years probably <laughs> <laughs> because i want something long right. that will get me through an entire map and sure. that that about does and uh kind of along the same line since you're an artist is there any movie related art or any kind of art really that you've enjoyed recently that you've seen yeah, there's a couple. I've been, I've been actually trying to get back into um, being a little more adventurous, getting into some older movies. Um, like after, after college, I kind of went back and read all the books I should have read <laughs> in high school and college. And I feel like I'm kind of doing that with film a bit. Um, so I, I recently just watched for the first time uh, Kurosawa's High, uh, high and Low, um, which was just delightful. Um, I knew it was written by an American, it's kind of like a pulp crime novel, mm-hmm. and then kind of reset um, in Japan and it's, it's incredibly fun. Um, the Spider-Verse 
movies are as an illustrator and, and, and just looking at the quality of the storytelling, um, the amount of work is just really astounding. Um, it just blows my mind still. Um, and again, doesn't become too, uh, stays within itself for how sure. granded this, like the scope of the project is it like me. And, and that is another thing I, I just watch and I'm, uh, feel very much because the maps get pretty big and kind of holding them all together. They can, they can go pear shaped if you let them. Sure, sure. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And that's just me. That's not a, you know, hundreds of animators working on it, but, um, but yeah. Definitely. Um, and lastly, before we wrap up, I want to give you the chance to shout out any other projects you're working on and let people know where they can find you on social media and, and anywhere else. Uh, yeah, you can find me on social media. Um, my name, Andrew DeGraff. Um, and uh, yeah, right now uh, I'm actually working on, a, I've got a map of seven that's right behind me um, that I'm working on and working on a, uh, actually working on another uh, book cover project and doing kind of in uh, in the midst of mapping uh, a lot of traditional illustration projects, got some stuff for Sports Illustrated coming out. So so that work just just continues, which is very fun because you get stuff in print and it comes out, uh, whereas the maps that, you know, are long and big time investments. Sure. So those come out every every couple months. But yeah, hoping to uh, have some new maps out in the coming year, doing pay attention uh, because I, I generally do do like the print sales, but generally do limited editions so I, I get a lot of emails about wanting the lord of the rings big print of all three movies and sadly they are they're gone <laughs> I, that, that was one of the ones that caught my eye so i oh, guess we'll have to just be content with having it in the book uh, yeah boy what a fun project I, I, i'm sure i'm yeah. sure well andrew thank you so much for the time I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today and for creating such an interesting and awesome book oh thanks so much for having me it's like a, it's a real joy to, to i don't know to get to talk about these again it's a really fun project thank you again to my guest today andrew DeGraff. His latest book, Cinemaps, an atlas of 35 great movies, is available wherever fine books are sold, and I'll have a link to where you can pick that up in the show notes, along with links to movies and books mentioned throughout the interview. The Oscar Project Podcast is written and produced by me, Jonathan Etreberg, with editing assistance from Joshua Etreberg. Please come back for my next episode, where I will be speaking with Ian Nathan, my first returning guest, about his upcoming book, David Lynch, A Retrospective. Until then, I hope to see you at the movies.